Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kyle Fincham. This is Behind the Movement. I have a, a wonderful conversation I got to have recently with Marion Sparber to share with you today. Before I get to it, though, just a couple of announcements. The first is if you are in uh, the Boulder area traveling through or living here or you're close by, whatever you're doing, uh, find me, shoot me a message um, and and come and do a class with me at Block 1750. I teach there every Thursday at 10.30 a.m. Um, we also have a fun crew who meets up and jams from time to time in uh, one of the local parks. So uh, I invite you to come and, and join us there as well if, uh, if uh, you shoot me a message. Um, also, if you're uh, picking up what I'm putting down, you're not in the Boulder area, uh, you can find me on Movement Brooklyn Online. I teach a weekly class there. We uh, build them around monthly themes. Right now we're, we're focusing on ground movement. I uh, put together some tutorials around some of these ideas and we share and exchange and you know put the ideas out there. So if that's something you're interested in, you can go to movementbrooklyn.com or members.movementbrooklyn.com. Also, if uh, you're enjoying the podcast, whether it's your first one or your 40-somethings listen, <laughs> um, give us a little rating or review. Um, I've, I've heard it goes a long way. I don't know where, what the way is, but um, yeah, if you're listening on a, on a platform that allows us to give us a, or allows you to give us a review, yeah, give us some stars, write something. Uh, yeah, let people know what you think. I really appreciate it. Uh, cool. Let's get to the podcast. Um, a friend of mine here, uh, Leah Woods, who I connected with, um, at one of Tom Wexler's workshops just before coronavirus and, uh, is now based out here in, in Boulder. Um, she and I have had some conversations and she she's shared with me a lot of the the experiences she's had traveling and, and taking classes and studying with people and dancing and, and education and somewhere within one of those conversations she started telling me about Marion Sparber and she said hey I really think you you would enjoy chatting with her um, I'll put you in touch if you want so she put together a little uh, email with some CCs on there. And quickly, Marion got back to me. We quickly set up a, an interview, and it was really wonderful. And, you know, as with a lot of the people I speak with, I, I, I finish feeling very excited about the opportunities to travel and train with them, study with them, play with them. And Marion is one of those people. Um, makes me excited about possibilities in the future of going to Berlin. If you're unfamiliar with Marion, she is from Italy, but she's based in Berlin. She has a really extensive dance background in her own education, but she's traveled the world teaching. Um, she's performs often. She collaborates. She choreographs. She does solo acts. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I've heard amazing things about her, her, her classes, and I got to watch a little bit of um, one of her, her performances, and 
yeah, it's it's really incredible. So I feel really fortunate that I got to uh, have a conversation with her. I think you're going to do uh, enjoy it as well. So let's not waste any time. Let's get to it. Here it is, my conversation with Marion Sparber. I looked at your website just before we got on and I saw that you had been here in Colorado and you did some stuff with Marlo. Yes, it was amazing. You know, Alan, my partner and me, we were in Colorado and we loved it. You were like living in the paradise. You're living in paradise. It was really funny because Marlo, she's like a globetrotter. She came to Berlin. She took my class at Marameo at one of the professional spaces here. And I, I remember I turned to my boyfriend. I said like, whoa, look at that girl. She's like killing it. And what a body, like strong and flexible in all directions. Mm-hmm. And you know, my movement material looks so amazing on her. I'm like, oh, it's that nice. Photography. <laughs> That's kind of cool. And then it was really funny. We were like, there was another uh, common friend in the class and we decided to have like an Asian food just around the corner. And she asked me, hey, Marion, or like, yeah. Marianne Baba, the teacher she just met, do you know how to get there? Because she wanted to take a Zoo class, I think. And I told her, yes, you can take the underground, the Metro Uban here. And yes, and then you take it to that stop and so on. So she disappeared, she said bye. And then we were like already ordering the food and she entered the Asian place as well. And then she was like, oh, hi, you're here again. And I said, like, come and sit over here. And we had the greatest talk. And then she told us about her space in Colorado. And I mean, her space, but that she's based in Colorado and she would love to invite me to teach. And I was like, oh, and by the way, if you want also Alan and me, we have this platform called Shared Levitation. So we teach partnering and she was like, yeah, let's make it happen. So we just kept talking, sending material front and back. And then we found this amazing time to be in Colorado. It was really cool. We loved it. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, Marlo and I met doing the podcast like six or seven months ago, maybe eight months ago. And then we both happened to be in Boulder at the same time. And it was really at like, I would say like the peak of coronavirus here. So we took these walks outside with our masks on and we would be walking and chatting, but we did it, I don't know, maybe three or four times and we got to know each other and we've stayed in touch now that she's left Colorado. Um, but I'm, I'm yes, a big fan. She's in Hawaii. Yeah. The, the maybe she's the- amazing. Her way of approaching the pole is so fluid and so soft at the same time strong. Like, yes. When I, and, 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 we also and I, met back here. I was just going to say, and I, th- I think so much of it has to do with also like how humble she is. She wants to like, she's so hungry and will do anything and try anything and, and take other people's classes and be a student. And all along the way, she is like unbelievable in her own right, but is willing to just be like, oh, well, I want to hear this person and do this thing. And that's awesome. Actually, that's true because then she came back to Berlin and she and her partner, we were then in the Tom Wexler workshop here in Berlin at B12 together and also other workshops, just hanging out, enjoying. And yes, like movement is her curiosity. And she's like always like questioning, but not like questioning it in like a critical way, but like how she can approach different ways of moving and and fusion it because she's also a dancer you know she has been before the pole going more into the dance movement so she loves this approach and it's very important it's not only like the acrobatic stuff on the pole and the tricks and the flashy stuff but also how do you connect how you do work healthy with your body how do you take care of your body and so on mm-hmm. how how long have you been in berlin 
So I'm here since 10 years because I've been living in Barcelona for five years. I was doing my second education there and sticked around. Maybe sometimes I was thinking, was it too much? I was like doing uh, two years of extra education and then just continue being there and like teaching, basically teaching a lot and doing some little projects on the side. And then I was like, okay, I need to kind of change because Barcelona is an amazing city. And I came to Berlin and then the years just passed by. I also started immediately teaching a lot and doing some projects on the side and started here in Berlin. I started more being also the choreographer, you know, not like immediately, but I would say six years ago, it kind of started with like, okay, creating more of my own work. I already created it before, but I would always more consider them as like baby steps and preparation things for when I said, okay, let's go for it. I really want to create my work. And so I, I have this great link to a festival in Italy and one producer, she's a lady called Doris Plankel and the festival Alps Move Festival because I'm from Italy, from the North of Italy. And because they started to kind of support my work and always invite me year after year with my work and help me with the funding from South Tyrol. I come from this also mountain area and like, mm close to Switzerland and Austria. And so there it kind of gave me the push of each year always to think about a piece or two and work on them, invite some dancers. Often I'm also dancing myself, but not all the time. And kind of starting to be more into the choreographing as well. Wow, do you think, I mean, I noticed that Berlin has such like a strong dance and movement scene um, so I assume there's like some inspiration that comes from that, but why, why do you think that is? Why do you think Berlin is kind of like a hub for a lot of this? I think it was really important, you know, also this liberation when the wall went down. I was not here in that moment, but people told me it was really crazy. A lot of like free the spirit movement, a lot of underground parties, but at the same time, a lot of contemporary movement scene of like, maybe even more performative and like kind of like bah, being quite extreme as well. I think it was part of the culture and of the history of Berlin that it was very important to kind of like, after these restrictions and, and yeah, for the people it felt like, uh, yeah, it was like this and not like felt. They were really like cut and separate from the other side of Berlin. Even the city was cut, no? Like people you knew or your family from the other side, you couldn't visit each other. And you sometimes know about each other, but you, you couldn't really be there. And everything was different. And as soon as the wall went down, I think it was all like, wow, we have to do things. We have to be active. We have to move. We have to organize events. I think it's really important for that, for the whole movement scene, what's going on. But of course, I think that's also why the movement scene in some way is physical, but at the same, same time, a big, big movement a uh, group of Berlin is pretty conceptual, you know, because they like the concept, they like the performative side. It kind of goes into this direction as well. So I think in Berlin, people know it has like this, like two, two different sides, like almost like how it was before the war. And I'm going, of course, more into the physical side with my choreographies and my, with my approach, because I think, okay, we're dancers. We use the body as our tool, as expression. And of course, there's a concept as well in the pieces, and I would like to go deep and communicate some ideas and have a precise 
yes, like, uh, how would you say, tools as well I want to use. And like, yeah, let's say I would like to fusion everything, but in general, where the funding goes to and where the possibility could go to, to the people is still the more not movement side. So yeah, it's what's happening in Berlin. But at the same time, I'm also okay for now. I hope it will change to not get so much support from like financial or yes, you know, kind of funding support because I'm happy I get some little support from Italy. And at the same time, I keep teaching a lot here. Here, there's so many people who want to move, who want to continue training, exchange movement, patterns, ideas, physicality. I just come back from a class actually. You just came back from teaching a class? Yes, from teaching a class at a space here. What, what was the class? So my class, it's called From Inside to Outside. And of course, I'm mixing elements of flying low because I was taking many years of workshops and classes with David Zambrano, who came up with this flying low movement and passing through movement. So I mix some elements, but then also adapt them into what, what I like to do. You know, especially the first part is more flying low, going into the space, opening the channel, spiraling up and down into the floor, out of the floor. But then the second part is more like my personal approach. I was kind of developing over the years, which is using a lot of spirals, spirals. <laughs> I love spirals. So it's like all the time going into the floor, out of the floor, but also jumps and like different, different ways. Can you describe a little bit? I, Cause I, I haven't gotten to do any flying low classes, but I'm, I'm familiar and maybe people who listen aren't necessarily familiar. Can you describe it a little bit um, a little, with a little more detail? Yes, yeah, so Flying Law is a movement technique done by David Zambrano and Passing Foot 2. So he's from Venezuela. And actually out of an injury, a foot injury, he was saying, oh, I cannot jump like the other dancers or like spin on half point. What can I do with my body when I'm injured, but closer to the floor? And he started to investigate what movement are like the animals doing the babies very organic like observing the spirals also of the fingers of the hands how you use everything to roll and like move on the floor and use this spiral to come up you could imagine almost like this um tornado idea of coming up and down and then you could move in a mostly effortless and like that's the goal the more you have this technique inside the body the more you move effortless into the floor, ground, on the floor, and up again. And also into the space, always using spirals in space. And it's like such a nice technique. In the beginning, I was like, oh, what's that? It's so different what I was taught, yeah, at school, at education. You know, it was also some formal things we learned at school. And like the ballet, contemporary dance, which also had some shapes. And of course, using spirals, but not like in that crazy way, right? So, and I was like, okay, somehow something inside me connects very well with this philosophy and with this movement style. And I started coming over the years a lot to the workshops of David. And I also did this one intensive called X In, where you're like a close group there. He chooses people and you're living together, dancing together, training together. And then I said like, oh, interesting. Something really happened to my way of moving after I kind of dig deeper for like years and years into the flying law, I would like to teach it, immediately start teaching it, but like after practicing for years, the style. And then I was like, but I would like to see what it does to my 
my movement, how I understand now the suspending, the going down, the up, the jumping. So to kind of take this initiative of always gathering something and sending your energy out. So it's always like this, eight, the infinitum that crosses through the center. It's always gathering, sending. You gather the energy and everything, and then you send it out. So it always goes through your center and then you send it out into the periphery. And like this energy that you're not always out, 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 or like in, 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 in. So it's always like this cycle. And that's why it also is kind of giving you energy. I remember I was sometimes so exhausted body-wise when I took his workshop in his class in a very heavy workshop, <laughs> like heavy, not good in a good way, but it was so many hours and like for two weeks not sleeping in a workshop in Spain. It's like a mixture of dance and circus workshop. I was like, how can I do this class, last class of the day, like finishing at seven, eight at night, starting at nine, third in the morning with like just a short lunch break. And actually I got so much energy from his class. Also his personality is completely crazy, positive, super inspiring. So it just over the years kept inspiring me. And I, I wanted to, it's like a style that makes sense for me mixed with, um, so I take flying low and release technique, spiral technique. I do this in my class. So I make like a little mesh up of these techniques and, and in the partnering, actually so much of the flying low also applies. So it's always like you take your partner through the center because that's where you are strong. So if you carry the weight, but far away from your center, you're really like overcharging your shoulder, your joints, it's getting heavy. Maybe in some lifts, yes, because you take the force or like you have to extend the arm. But, you know, I, I think the flying low also really made sense for Alan and me for the shared levitation principle partnering, what we came up with together. And it's kind of like a constant backpack that I would say I could carry around and like take something out because it's really a great technique so if you have the chance i would advise you to take it i will it remind you know as you as you describe it like it i don't know i keep i keeps being reminded of jujitsu you know I, 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 I grapple and so much of those concepts are the same the same ideas right they transcend it's just almost like it's just different communication exactly jujitsu aikido you know also a lot about the spiral and how you fall, you know, like how you use the spiral and the gravity in the right moment, because in flying low, you use a lot the free fall, you know, like the image of like going in a into an amusement park and you sit on this attraction and you go like, wow, mm -hmm. you know, and that's like how your your weight and you can get suspended and then using gravity to slide further and go more into the space mm -hmm. instead of like pushing always from your energy and wanting wanting too much you're just kind of using whatever you have already mm. i took a i took a workshop online recently with yosef from fighting monkey yeah. and talked to, and he he mentioned this i think it was a, like a concept from the i ching about being humble and and our relationship to the floors are our, our is a humble relationship where we're like we need the floor we have to like use the floor and it, there's there's a relationship there because when we stop embracing that relationship we're kind of up here you know up in our upper body being like no 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 i don't need you down there i've got it from up here mm -hmm. and it's exhausting it's it's fatiguing it's you know it's ego 
it's completely nice what you say because also david always says mama earth you know he really <laughs> talks about earth and the floor as if it really carries you is there for you it takes care of you so it's a, it's such a lovely thought you know it's kind of family so you take the energy but you also send it back and it's this recycling flow it's really beautiful what you say because if not of course it goes up and it's maybe too much in the head but actually we're standing on our feet it's our roots mm -hmm. right it's so much coming from from down and it's traveling up if we don't feel the feet if we don't feel the floor i i, I see it in myself and in the students you cannot be as free in your upper body and in your eyes or like being everywhere because you feel the floor it's there with you all the time but often it's true if you get carried away or we work much of out of the floor it's like that's why i also do a lot of exercises you could say inspired by martial arts as well to ground the energy down like shaking and really down 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 you know so that the energy really goes goes in a repetitive way almost like people doing in, in hip-hop no you could think about bounce 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 and down or in martial arts as well in the chinese martial arts i remember so much when i took it was so beautiful all these like circles that uh, joseph does it is really feeling the floor how you push and you pull and it's so important in, in flow work, you know, how to use the floor as if it would be another extension. Then we are almost like a spider, you know, yeah. that we can drag and pull and push yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I often think to myself that it's a, it's a real collaboration with the ground or the floor or whatever the surface is, like it has to be. And I don't know, I feel it in myself, like when I, when I think I've got it and then I, and I get away from the floor and I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to get back to that because if, I need that. That is going to facilitate all the things. And we're kind of dance partners. Exactly. Dance partners, lovers, everything. <laughs> yeah. and, and the floor is the most honest. You know, if you do something, you know, I'm not a tricky person. I mean, I wish and I have this goal of starting to also learn more tricks. I have my, my floor acrobatics, which I like a lot. But, you know, there's so many new, young, talented people coming up right now with so many crazy skills of like how to deal with the floor pushing away you know like you could say almost break dance backgrounds and stuff like that or acrobatics backgrounds is so beautiful that when they manage to get into this flow and for me it's also it's the most honest the floor is like telling you oh here i was kind of holding an attention i was not it was not necessary or that's why i bumped into the floor or here I was not thinking about the counterbalance. That's why, I don't know, it feels kind of awkward. So there's so many things coming together when you dance and also the floor, it, it gives you immediate feedback. You know, if it goes like boom, boom, then you already know, oh, this was bumpy. Or, <laughs> or I don't know, you have like spots and blue spots, spots and stuff, it should not be like this. So it's a really good uh, way of uh, a direct feedback. So if something is going on, you think you got it, like, as you say, I got it. And I feel like, then boom, there's the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super humbling. You said something um, uh, a few moments ago that I thought was really fantastic. You were talking about working with David Zambrano and you were talking about how it's, it's about working effortless and efficient. And you alluded to like um, a practice that's, that's energizing and not depleting. And I had a conversation with Elka Schroeder. I don't know if you know who she is. She's in Canada. Yeah. And she and yeah, I talked about I this. Yeah. Oh, she's fantastic. Um, yeah. But she mentioned this as well. And I'm curious to hear about that because I know that a lot of people that's like, 
it's kind of a paradigm shift because people think that they should be practicing and they should be fatigued and depleted and, and want to take a nap at the end when what we really would love to have is like a, a, a practice of vitality, right? Something that like really allows us to go and do other things. Feels good energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a little bit like sometimes maybe we like a bit to be masochist, you know? Mm. Is it called masochist? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking in Spanish sometimes because it's not that you have to almost like fall half dead to the ground after good training. You know, it's always on the edge there, you know? You want to keep working with your body for more time. So actually, what is the challenge? How can you use? Also, good teachers of mine always said, the, the movement material is so physical, so we have to find ways and tricks how to kind of navigate through, like swimming and like being chilled and like in control about it, that you're not, when you finish, you're like, oh my God, this was the last time and now I need like half a week or one week break. <laughs> Maybe it happens because the movement is new and I don't know, you just feel tired some days, but actually the best would be you come out with more energy. Of course, you feel the muscles, because you worked or Anna, but from the energy you recharged. That's how I feel after a movement session. I sometimes I'm really sleepy and I'm going, but then you kind of pass through the channels, you go up and down, you open your joints, you connect with the space, you connect with the people, but you connect with yourself, most importantly, you connect with your breath. And then of course, with the rest, the environment, the floor. And for me in general, movement is always giving energy, giving youth, giving, of course, it depends on the style, but I try to early on already go away from where I'm not there. I have to kind of push so much. For instance, if I if I would force myself into really perfect ballet shapes, I cannot because my body is not classical born and turn out enough. And like I didn't train that much that style. That's why I told you when I felt flying low, I was like, whoa. This feels so organic and like uh, soothing for the body. And I feel so good afterwards and happy, full of energy. And I felt it's also very close to my natural movement. And I think many people feel like that because it's really is so coming very close to how babies move, animals move and our the spirals, our body is made in spirals and how we move naturally, not mm-hmm. like the anti-natural because I feel, of course you can work very hard, that the anti-natural becomes natural and organic, but why not going deep into organic movement, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and in the rich, deep history of human existence, we would have had to have been highly efficient, just like all the other animals. We wouldn't want to like bury ourselves into the ground and be totally exhausted. We would need to be doing things throughout the day and be doing it in the most efficient way. Um, and And we see that with animals. Like, I mean, they don't, destroy themselves every day because then they're then they're prey exactly and i think that what also comes from before you know they were we were hunting we were like taking care of the earth whatever that was there to to work on 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 the rest of the hunted animal but in every second we have to be aware and also in the power of our body and our instincts to react in case there would be an attack you know so it's like kind of going back where the humans are coming from. Like if you were just like, okay guys, I'm out. I have to take a nap. Yeah, just leave me behind if something happens. You know, <laughs> the chariot is falling down, everything is burning. I don't care. You know, it's really about going back to the quickness. And that's why I like also about passing through. 
it's often love says said it's really also um a training about instincts and being open having your antennas everywhere and you know also for your everyday life for survival he said it says it very often and it's true because the more you do the passing through and the flying low training, the more aware and quick and the more details you can spot from the space, from the others. It's like almost like a, a attention training at the same time as a movement training. Yeah, I was almost I was about to say like sensory training. We, you know, it's like we do so much to like sanitize our senses. You know, like I've been doing a lot of facilitating outdoors and a lot of like play experimentation. And without trying to talk about it too much, I'm like, this is the, this is the, this is the research into like our senses, which is the, which are the so important. So, and we do so much to like sanitize them and, and I, you know, not to take anything away from gyms or dance studios, but it's like, we're inside the temperature's controlled. Like the light is very set in a certain ways. Um, you know, all the, th we, we need like that rich, as you said, like we have these antennas and we need to like, be like, giving them a lot of like stimulation so that like they're prepared for all the things that we can't really talk about right and sometimes we're not even i mean talk about you we are definitely aware but mm -hmm. so many uh, so much information is coming in at the same time and maybe it comes out in like i don't know i always said like oh funny when we're performing outside i feel i have much more energy because I felt in Spain, I was living in Spain, I was breathing better because I was like, oh, it's fresher air. And I don't know, as there's not this thing, like it can be like close to you, like, you know, the roof or higher, but there's no roof. And then when I'm looking up or doing a movement up, it feels like blah, you can expand it like super far away from you. And this inspired me so much as I performed, I was like, wow, I love or dancing outside. I was like, wow, I love performing outside on this <laughs> festival outside. And it does something. It's kind of changing your movement, your awareness, your senses, your expression in, in the end, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're, and you're dealing with all those things that are happening, like the wind changing and that, that affects like the decisions you make and the temperature changing or the sun all of a sudden is in a position where you're like, well, I can't go that direction in the way that I thought I was going to go all these things. And like, but that's what, as you were kind of talking about, like that would have been, that's natural to us. We would, we would be, stimulated by all these things and and have that awareness as we navigate through the world yes it reminds me also that's actually what what i think we still have to reconnect a lot like to the nature i come from south tyrol from this colorado similar part of italy and we were so much out as children we were like out in nature playing building things touching the earth touching you know everything the plants the you know, animals as well, touching animals, being with animals, like putting the harvesting in, you know, like helping the, the farmers. My big sister, she also has a farm in Italy. And, you know, this, this connection from nature is really happening to us. We're like super disconnected. We're not even taking care of like harvesting a tomato maybe, or like harvesting your own food, cutting it, going to, to the forest to pick something up and all this. It really does something to you. I feel it when I'm in Sutural with my, in the farm of my sister, we kind of like all gather things. We go down to the chicken, pick up the eggs, you know, choose them. Are they ready? You know, it's like a, it's, it's a connection we lose over the time and over the years. And I'm super aware of it mm -hmm. that sometimes you're like, okay, so kind of 
out, you know, like almost artificial. Of course, we try to get good um, food, like maybe coming organically and everything, but the contact to where it comes from and what it is and the nature is often just disappeared, you know? So yeah. I feel in myself, it's so important also to be more outside, either to move outside, it could be movement or just walking in nature or like doing hikes or just being there for like a long time or just like taking it all in and mm -hmm. reconnect again to the nature because as humans we need nature no the nature actually doesn't need us that much we're not so positive for for the nature but we really need the nature you know yeah and and i don't know you were talking about like going down to the chickens and everything and like all the things that have to happen to like i don't know observe an egg and decide if it's like i don't know there's there's smells and there's touches right? And then you're kind of hearing the noises that the chickens are making, like all these things. Whereas like when we're inside so much of it, it I talked about this with Tomislav English, so much of it is just like about the eyes, right? And, and, and then the hands kind of come after the eyes, but we stop there. Like we don't do as much with all these other things that, that are, that are part of us. And I don't know, maybe that's what people almost think of as like disembodiment or something, but it's like the, the, the not, you know, allowing our senses to express themselves or, or, or I don't know a better way to say it. <laughs> no, no, completely. I super connect. And also it goes with the idea of the partnering. I also feel because now the Corona time didn't allow us to teach the partnering, to do the partnering that much. We're like also disconnected, distancing, less people, da, da, da. But normally Alan and me, we were like in 2019, we were teaching over 33 shared levitation partnering workshops. It was kind of insane. 2019 was like, boom. And it was really good. And then on the side, I was teaching the contemporary class and Alan, he was teaching his class and we were performing. But the partnering was like our main, what we concentrated on. And now through Corona, it was like, no, 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 no partnering class. This is too dangerous. Go away, all canceled. And I feel as well, you know, like, what this constant touch, what we were doing a lot, we're like warming up the senses by touching the skin, by giving weight, by pushing, embracing, hugging, following each other. And like to have this common thing, it's like so beautiful. You see it also in the happiness of the people, you know, what the partnering work or like the contact and like the body contact is having an impact on your nervous system, on your senses on, on on your happiness on your endorphins everything and we of course hope it's gonna come back i just feel like wow it's true it's changed so much you know this last year yeah i mean it's it's almost like as if people are gonna come storming back or people are gonna like tiptoe and be like uh like <laughs> am i ready for this but i've i've, I've, I've mentioned this before um on here but i think it's so worth it because i think it's one of the great things I've ever heard. But I, so I did, I lived in New York and then when coronavirus happened, we had to leave New York. And anyway, we're in, we're in Colorado for a little bit. But when I was doing jujitsu in New York, I was training at the Marcelo Garcia Academy. And like twice a year, we would do these big gatherings where the entire community comes together and Marcelo would give speeches and they would do belts and promotions and things. And at one point, Marcelo was giving a speech and he was talking, you know, he has all these accolades. He's like, world champion multiple times he owns the gym lots of money very successful with the gym but he said he was like you know jujitsu has given me all these things but i would say the thing that i love most about jujitsu with all the accolades and all the things the thing i love most is that i think it makes us better at being with people 
and then kind of spoke to this intimacy of how close it is and like how that closeness transcends the gym and then our interactions outside of the gym and with other people and with the world and all the things. And I don't know, I thought it was so poignant and beautiful. And I think it's kind of what you're speaking about a bit as well. Definitely. Just to be teaching a group of people, you know, like being in contact I, and also just experiencing it yourself, you know, to be in contact, body contact with my partner. I also have this one thing. Uh, it's a trio partnering workshop where you have two partners at the same time. It's some how starts to get, get quite complex because you have to adapt to two people at the same time. And it's so beautiful what it teaches you about yourself, you know, also, oh, okay, maybe I'm not clear with my directions. Am I a good listener? Um, you know, how much can I give as well, like receive and give, but also teaching it to the people and being in this group together is the most, most beautiful. That's why we, I think also both of us, we felt we would like to go deeper with that and we kind of focus on the partnering. Now we kind of focus back on the contemporary class of each one of us and hopefully soon the partnering will come back. Soon, we don't know, but sooner or later, you know, but it's yeah. something that it, it kind of stays with you, you know, like this emotions and this um the trust you also you putting kind of your body your weight you trust another person and you also receive trust so it's somehow also the image of like relationships on a daily basis the partnering workshop mm -hmm. yeah i'm sure like when you're teaching it it's it's probably very like without getting to have maybe having spoken to some of the students you have in the classes it's probably you learn a lot about them watching them or, or feeling them in these partnering scenarios. Completely, even more by, I mean, we see a lot also by observing people when they move on their own or like in a group situation. But then when you're like dealing with another partner, of course, it always depends who's the partner, what is the connection in that moment, right? Also, um, sometimes we don't know, but we have never danced with a person, but it just goes and it just flows and just feels so good. And you're like, whoa, it's the first time we kind of touch each other and like kind of start playing. How is it possible that it flows so well? And with some people, you work for like weeks and months and you kind of try to break it down. Okay, let's do technical. Let's imagine, you know, when the shoulder and the hip and the connection of the center, the rolling points, but still, it doesn't feel the same. It's so funny. It's something that is almost like magical there or unspoken when sometimes you enter this flow of like a shared listening, receiving, stimulus, all this. It's really beautiful. Well, so it's so interesting. I was like, when I was in the park today before I came to get on the call, it was snowing, but it was beautiful. And I was standing out there and in the morning, people bring their dogs out and let the dogs off the leash and they're all playing with each other. And when you watch the two dogs that like play really well, they're doing this thing. It's like a really beautiful dance. And I said in the past before, it's like, even if it's a really big dog and a really small dog, if they're like kind of seasoned players or seasoned dancers, they can do it well together. Yes, completely. I love to watch them. I could be there like forever, you know, it's like, they're so cute, the communication that, go should i not the action reaction and then go again like a circle one is staying one is watching one is coming it's mm -hmm. so beautiful i was also just now with a dog uh last week the whole last weekend when we went out for walking for a walk it was so beautiful this crazy energy dogs in general have and that's again the image what you said of course they can lay down but in general they're very good at recycling the energy of like being in charge you know they 
I don't know, there's maybe this endless energy there. I'm like, the way they move, the way they kind of push the floor and get more again to continue. And they also do this thing. And I don't know if, or maybe it's just something I've thought about a lot recently. It's almost like they blur the lines between like, kind of like the firmness or hardness of like, like an athletic event or athleticism. Maybe that's not the right word. And then there are these moments where it's like very soft and, and seems very dance and, and fluid and the lines get blurred. And then sometimes it seems very like fighting or, or aggressive. And then it moves over to this like kind of softer, playful touch thing. And they do it so well and it happens so quickly. It's crazy, like it's really coming from the inside, no, as well. That's why I think in general, like my, my class, I love the name because for me, of course, it's maybe not the most sophisticated from inside to outside, but I also have like a physical theater workshop I sometimes teach and it completely makes sense. You know, you have this impulse, you have these thoughts, you have this sense and they, then you allow them to come outside, to take shape, to create a character, to use a voice, to to have specific words to to communicate so it's something what what i of course i love acting and i love good actors theater films like so much respect for all this genre because um we had some acting at dance school at my first dance school and i even was thinking oh maybe i'm not sure about the dancing maybe i want to be an actress you know i wanted to even stop dancing but then there was something oh no marion keep going and then you can always do the acting more concentrating on it later and then I kind of like put it on a hold. And then later, um, now within the last years, this idea of like using the voice as an extension of creating characters, of communicating, of, of dance theater kind of became stronger and stronger in my pieces. And I really was fascinated. I was like, yeah, but that's somehow my acting background wants to come back and communicate, not only movement, 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 you know, which I like, of course, I like movement but also a different layer. So it's also this, this idea of like from the inside out, what yeah. you share, no? your personality, your emotions, what, what they're always changeable every day, every second, depending on what is around you. I took um, a workshop online with Tom Wexler recently and, and he, recommend, he was talking about a few books and I, and I read quite a bit and I picked up one of the books that he mentioned. It was, it was uh, the book by Questlove about creativity, you know, quest love of the roots. And he uses this great analogy about like what creativity is and that it's like, we own a museum, we are a museum and we're the curators of a museum. So we have this warehouse of all this artwork. So like of, of other artists that is just sitting in the warehouse and then we curate it and we bring out the paintings and we put them into the places that we wanna see them. So when people walk in, what they're seeing is our artistic creation that we've curated of like all these other artists and that's what people get to like enjoy and and watch and observe and i and it resonated with me because i also come from a theater background um so nice. i went to school for theater and i feel like there's this giant warehouse where i have all these different experiences and things that i've learned and things that i can describe that i've learned and the things that i don't know how to describe that i've learned but like picking the pieces that kind of come out in the museum that i want to like curate with and hearing you talk about like the, the the physical theater and the acting and stuff made me think that you're like oh i've got my warehouse and i want to bring some paintings out from from that experience and put those up so people can see them and everything is like super welcome you know because 
the more you use your background or what you learned, it's not now that you have to make a musical, right? It's not like, okay, I'm going to sing and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to dance. No, but you know, use your background and use your knowledge because then it's more fully and it's more personal, like who you are, who I am, who the other is. And that's, for me, art is all about communication. So you can take it out, use it and communicate more, not more direct, but more clear because you're more clear about yourself who you are. I didn't know you also come from the theater or you did, you did obviously more theater than me. Well, I was, I got this, I went to, yeah, I went to school for theater, but I, I left after my second year, but I, I really only went to the, to the physical theater classes. Like I, I had, I was obsessed with this teacher who taught movement in vaudeville and he was just this really wacky cat and he always had a drum and he'd be playing the drum and we'd be like chanting and telling stories and you know playing with our physicality and I was like I don't know what what's going on here but this is the only thing I really want to do <laughs> and now it's recently oh, nice. yeah and, and then it's only recently where it's come back and been like oh that was the magic that was you know the beauty of that thing like that was it you know I think also we all store it, whatever happens to us, whatever we do, whatever we experience, what we learned, we store it. And maybe it just takes a while to come back crawling or it will it will just be more in the back, like our baggage. But it's super important. I was also like in one year, I had like two pieces with a lot of research of voice. And it was like one was more about voice and text. And one is one was more like voice as a resonance cup, you know, our body of resonance and using it. And also because on stage there was a violinist, a live musician. And I was like, oh, why am I so curious about what's going on with the voice and the movement or the text and the movement? Because this was the year I really wanted to go deeper with these two pieces of like bringing it back. And then then I had some other pieces. I was like, okay, now it's okay. I had this research. The next piece was not talking, like just moving again, but of course, creating characters and relationships. And then again, I took it back in my last piece of Only Men. So there are six men on stage, five dancers and one live musician. And there I also, because I was outside, I felt also like, wow, we really need text here. We really need also an extension on this, you know? So it's it's funny, you know, how it kind of comes in waves. And for some moments, maybe it's more fitting of your research or some, or you're, you're experiencing, in, in, I don't know, a session movement with friends or on stage as well as an art piece. Or yeah, it's it's super interesting. And I was like trying to be very intuitive about it. I'm like not planning too much. What should it be? Should it be very different from the last one? You know, like, you know, wanting to not repeat myself. It's more like, okay, let's just go with the flow. Let's see what comes out, what's coming from the people who are in the piece and then decide very intuitive in which direction we'll go. Mm, I love that. I think people have a tendency to like, um, like overthink, right? And they like, um, uh, uh, Leah Woods is the one who told me use this language that we we can get in our own way, and I mm, thought it was really definitely. poignant. Yeah. So when you were talking about that, it made me think of that. That like, oh, it's like making that effort, or maybe finding the non-effort to get out of your own way, and then it's like the the intuition is like is the thing. Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think especially when you're in a creative process, you know, when you overthink, it could be in some ways possible, like you're more analytical, but in some ways you're also cutting the flow. And I'm 
more inside, you know, also when I go with the preparation of a class, of course, I know what I more or less want to do. But then I also improvise inside the structure because it's not like, you know, academic and like, now this, now that, now this. You just feel a bit, what's the space? Today was a huge space and I felt like, okay, no, let's use this space, but in that dynamic, you know, it also depending on what you just said, if you're outside, inside the space, the people, what is the energy of the people? What is your energy in that moment? What is your plan? But always like keeping, being very open with what, what you need, what the space needs, what the people need. Mm. You, and I think that's kind of me because you, you, I, I, I talked with an ex-director of mine. She was like always like super, um, how do you say, a loved dance teacher. And, it's, and I asked her, how do you think, how is it that the teacher, the people really like your class, sorry. And then she says like, because I come with a plan, but I don't have a problem to kind of not stick to the plan, throw it into the bin and completely improvise and be very intuitive about it. And I, yeah, I think I'm not trying to be the same, but I feel like, okay, that kind of also describes very well, the more you have also the practice, the more you can be like into this mood, I feel. Yeah. What it, tell me, what is, so you, the, the class that you teach or the workshop you teach, the, the theater workshop, what yeah. does that look like? And how does that differ from some of the other um, workshops you teach? So I sometimes teach it not so many times. Now for B12, I was teaching it the last years. I will also teach it this year, the physical theater. Then I was teaching it finally on Zoom for a platform in Mexico and it worked so well. It was really crazy how it worked because you know, with the unmuting, muting where you can like go and like ask each other how to share the text, what we prepared or... So I'm... I like to kind of first do like a voice warm up and like breathing, being very co conscious about how we use the breath and also body, but more the stages of the tensions of the body and attention of the body, the symbol and the center. So I'm really kind of using the, the actors exercises more going away from the movement of like, you know, circle here, da, da, da. it's more like moving the body, but like feeling how, how the shift of the, of the position or like the attention or tension relaxation is, is also creating characters and an emotion inside your body. Then this character, which kind of voice do you have like that we create, what would you say? Or you try to say your name with this new character, like with the voice that shifted. Then I would like also um, to, uh, what I do a lot is working also with the rhythm, rhythm of the things, rhythm of the movement, rhythm of the, how you take something, place it there, how you say something, how you repeat, how you use your breath. So it is, it can get quite technical if you want from this like um, theater side, but then also take, like taking a childhood song and then like playing, like as, as my students were like doing it, I was like, and now, Let's imagine you're really like back in the childhood, like you're the five, six year old in front of this big crowd of only adults. And how do you feel? And how does your posture change? And, and how do you suddenly start to look at the others and your singing starts to get different and, and experiment a lot with this kind of images and, and situations and putting yourself like back in time or in front forward in time being a different person, being a different place. So I like to play a lot. I, lo I love it. I feel, like, I feel like 
we need to find a way to be in Los Angeles at the same time, sometime in the future. And I'll see if my teacher that I used to go take class with is still teaching. And I'll have to take you there because I feel like you would really dig what he's doing. And he's, you know, he's just, he's just been doing it forever. And that's the thing that he does. And he shows up and he's like, got his, you know, he's probably in his seventies now. And he's got like his little gym jogger pants on and like his like, you know, loose t-shirt. And he, like I said, he shows up with a drum, but it was like, it settles a lot of like moving and feeling. He'd be like, Oh, look, there's like a predator over there. And you're, you're afraid. And you, everybody's down on the ground and afraid. And then he'd start banging the drum and we'd all start moving with the drum. And then he'd be like, okay, now stand up. Now tell me the story about what happened at the diner. And you'd have to just like start telling a story about what happened at the diner. And then all of a sudden you're back and like, now you're the predator. And then, you know, just quickly moving from one thing to another. But what's beautiful is like how looking back on it, it's like, you don't realize like, because everything is connected and everything is like intertwined. It's like, as a kid, you're looking at it and you feel like you're doing two different things and they're happening one after another and you're just being told to switch. But what's really happening is like this, like it's facilitating like new imagery and new opportunities that move into like the next moment so that we're, we're, we're welcoming some new surprises and discoveries that we wouldn't have found if we hadn't told the story about the diner and then pretended mm-hmm. to be a predator, you know? And I don't know, really magical, beautiful class. And it was long too, like three or four hours at a time. And it was like, kind of like what you would talk about there where you would, you would leave and you'd feel energized. You're like, oh, like I'm, I'm alive. Yes, yes, definitely. Because it's also for me, the, da- the dance theater, the theater, physical theater, it's also to connect again with like maybe things we oppress or we kind of have sleep inside us, but we all have them. You kind of go over all this big fan of emotions and colors that we have inside us and shake them, move them, pull them out, throw them around, you know, like create dynamic with all this. Because mm-hmm. if it's not natural, you know, your day is like that, then you do this, you do that, then you meet this friend or your family, or then you do your job. But to kind of like be playful again about it, like what you just said, and in such a long session, and to get inspired from the people who are in the room and the stories, and you're like a bit like between what's next, what's next, okay, ah! yeah, mm-hmm. to be like super on the spot and don't overthink. You have, yeah, I love this kind of curiosity, but it's like a spontaneous and more instinctive reaction what's coming out and not like okay wait let me prepare in my corner and then i can do it marvelously mm-hmm. no but it's like now now it's you really what it, almost like it it almost like de- disorients you not that it's so fast but it's just like everything's changing so quickly and it's so playful that like your your identity or your your ego just kind of steps aside because there's like no longer like the judgment of right or wrong Right, exactly. like no when you when you think about it. right when you prepare a text, you're like, well, is this good or is it bad, or is this right or is this wrong? Am I reading this well? But when it starts happening and it's just moving and shaking, like you're 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 seeing more of a forest and less trees. It's all very fast and blurry, and and all of a sudden you're just kind of like observing yourself do the thing. Yeah, completely. It's really great when you have that feeling. And especially when it's with a group as well, no? Like I really feel every class where I go in general because I was teaching online a lot. There's no problem. Of course, you can create some energy as well through like looking at the pictures, like talking to each other. And then of course, questions and answers. And like in the end of the class, you know, like have a nice 
you know, finishing of it, but to be in the same room. So as what you just said, like there's this sparkle that is just sometimes you don't even notice, but suddenly you get like this motivation, this energy from the movement of your neighbor. And yeah, it just kind of keeps traveling. I, I really feel so as I was doing almost one month of online classes. And then I came back last week for, for a company teaching here in Germany and it was a small reduced group because it was it was a professional or it is a professional dance company mm -hmm. and today I came back to open class professional training it's so beautiful and what we often said I was talking to people who were like oh I'm not in shape with this corona time but you know most of all I feel really tired and like could it be that we are really missing this exchange of energy this like movement and like being together and like just being active that is kind of like everything is like more in this bubble of like heaviness and I don't know when we don't know when it's coming back to 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 be open again about yeah not varying so much you know so I was like okay it happens to so many of us you know it's like a bit this heaviness that is like a bit lying on top of us and we have to shake it off you know yeah <laughs> this corona dust like ah <laughs> yeah so tell me so when you teach and you're working like with you're, you're doing like the professional work with the professional dancers or in, yes. a, in a company setting like that what it, what does that look like as compared to the the Ooh, workshops i'm just changing because of the Cable, the battery is almost about to die, but okay. I'm recording. Sorry, that's okay. Uh, just a second. So, what what does it uh, change to set up? Well, as it's a close group, it's somehow easier sometimes. Of course, it has like its, its advantages and disadvantages, of course, but it's really nice because they know each other, you know, very well, and they kind of I feel especially the group I was last week, it's a company and they're they're really supporting each other from the energy. It's really beautiful. It looks like, they look like and feel like one family, you know? And what I did, I was teaching, basically they asked me for teaching flying low the whole week, one and a half hours each day as a company warm up. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because I always use flying low, but as a warm up, and then I mix it with my own thing. And then I, I do a choreography, diagonals, that are like more a complete my approach of movement with some flying low ideas in the back but you know it's not necessary and then i was like oh it's the first time i'm basically only one week teaching only flying low each day just technical class and i was like oh but yeah maybe it's enough material but yeah let's see and the time passed so fast you know i was already looking at the watch one and a half hours going over the principles because they train a lot ballet and technical contemporary as well and they really wanted to have with the guest teachers something completely different from what they're normally doing. To also for this company to, uh, to have this experience of like, wow, my body after this one week feels different. I feel that my connection to the ground is different, but also to the others. And, you know, to kind of not go on purpose against what they normally train, but to give a lot of different stimulus to the dancers. So that was the idea of the artistic director of the company. Mm. And it really worked because I felt them like from day one till day five, they changed so much and they took all the information so well in and understood so many of the principles because in the end, the principles of flying low are in all the exercises, but just in a different shape. You know, it's always about 
this idea of gathering and then sending out. But sometimes you roll on your back, sometimes you slide to the front, sometimes you run and then go down, you know? Mm-hmm. What, what do you do? Do you, like, I, I always think of um, a movement practice as kind of like the balance of like a few different concepts or ideas. And one of them is like the idea of like free play, which I think we both seem to like really enjoy and like to get to. Um, and then there's this like middle space, which is technique, right? And mm-hmm. then the, there's another layer that's maintenance, which is sometimes like the strength or, or mobility or, or whatever the, the, the thing is. So I'm curious, like, do you, do you have like a maintenance layer? Or like, do you, what, what does maintenance look like for you? Yes, definitely. Because, you know, I feel also in flying low as you don't push the floor that much, you know, you go down in a spiral, you go up in a spiral. But in my other class, you know, my not other class, but, you know, in the other part of the class, I use the push of the arms to do like some floor acrobatics and the jumps and you have to receive the floor like a cat and you have to know where the elbow goes and to keep rolling and spiraling to not get hurt. So I try to find a balance as well of like, how can I? I put this like maintenance, what you just said, the strengthening inside the class, but without letting it be like, and one, come on guys, two, <laughs> you know, it's also, so then I'm going a little bit away from the dancey side. So I'm trying always, how can I put like this pushing, but into a roll and then push and then only one arm. And then, you know, the strengthening of the wrists, because I use a lot as well in the floor and like going on the elbows, on the side, on the front, on the head. So I'm also like, how can we strengthen the wrist but make it fun for all of us? You know, that it's not only like, you know, getting boring. And I try to kind of build a nice balance between also mobility, what you just said. I always try to kind of go through the warm-up of the hip mobility, shoulder mobility, spine. As we, I love arch. <laughs> I love going a lot, like using the arching and the falling and going from the backspace into the front. So I also have to make sure that the students are warm and me, myself, we are warm in our spine. So to kind of to strengthen, but also make a mobile spine to kind of like use the snakes and all the possibilities, the ranges to warm up. And I think it's important, you know, to kind of keep a balance. Um, sometimes it's difficult because you say, wow, the class is one and a half hours only. Sometimes I'm lucky and I have longer sessions, two hours, three hours, huh? hours and you can really be super complete with all the parts but i think it's important to kind of navigate through all this and i feel sometimes and i see it in my students when maybe we have done uh, a lot of just spiraling which is super beautiful but then the, the choreography is like really hard or like bah, bah, jump push here jump and then they go like oh and the next day they feel the pack they feel the shoulders they feel the spine because you know also here in the front whatever so it again you know like i try as the class is so kind of versatile going in and out of different ideas it also that the training has to kind of adapt a lot you know more mm. and maybe one some days i can i manage like a better flow of oh wow i did really kind of everything like mobility strengthening, stretching, spiraling, choreography, diagonal. It's quite a lot of, um, you know, like, um, yeah, program that there is for a class. Yeah. It's super important. I feel as well, like now I, I started to kind of 
since let me think two months two months like do like breathing exercises every morning having very soft and small movement more talking to the um, vegetative nerve system and to the breath yes and and to the organs as well and it really helped me also throughout the day to have more calmness more energy to recycle better just because I felt because of an injury I have a little bit because I was working with the element which was squeezing a lot of my organs and now I have to let the tension again out and it's super important how much you learn from wow okay what about each morning two hours one and a half hours just dedicating to vagus nerve exercises or like breathing exercises the fire breath the soft yoga breaths and 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 yeah it does a lot to your body and to your awareness what are, what are the vagus nerve exercises you do well, that's like another thing because, you know, the vagus nerves in the end, it's so important for the recovery for us. So there's like this very easy one that you would be lying on the floor, but I, I show it now here. You have the hands here and by lying on your back, you just go with your eyes maximum to one side without turning your head and you try to breathe into your lower belly for like at least 30 seconds and then you change relax and then go to the other side and you can repeat it either two or three times mm -hmm. that's a very good one and i felt wow um that especially to the left my eye my left eye started really to hurt and the vision was really blurry much more than on the right i was like how come is that possible and of course maybe it comes from the eye but it's more about a disbalance in the nerve system so I'm like, okay, this I do every morning. Then there's like, you know, the simple bridging you could do, but actually it's not the simple bridging. You go up, you breathe in without going into too much arch. So it's more one line. And with the exhalation, you stay up really out the air, hold the breath. And for like 25 seconds, you're lower, 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 like really calm, calm things. So when you have like, arrive to the floor again breathing normal exhaling up i'm doing it much quicker than normally and then exhaling here everything out really like also the chest holding the breath and then lowering in 25 seconds so that's our like some things that are super super good and i think also it's it's so simple right it's mm -hmm. like you actually look that you don't do anything but you you're working more from the inside. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think it's super valuable for, 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 for so many reasons. I mean, I go out and do like a, I don't know, sometimes like an hour long, like standing breath practice. And again, for all the reasons that I can't always put words to, I'm like, I find a lot of value there. Mm, definitely. And the end, we are all breath, you know, coming breath and breath sent out. It's like, we are breath. That's mm -hmm. why it's super important to connect to it and to kind of be aware of it. I mean, you know, so many people do this Wim Hof method and then they go into the cold water and controlling your breath, controlling your heart rate and all this and like getting used to these extreme situations. And they say it gives you like a lot of youth, a lot of health, a lot of benefits. Yeah, so it's, it's also, for me as a dancer, for me as a human, it's also super interesting to kind of dive into this uh, not alternative they're, they're there you know it's coming from yoga it's coming from the neuro neuro sorry biological 
science. There's so many, so much knowledge we actually have. And it's so interesting to kind of grab, inform, read, look at videos, talk to people, and also try with our bodies what works for us. You know, it's like, okay, there I really feel renovated, like, like a new, fresh breeze of air is coming to me, or I have more energy, or I'm, I don't know, I felt like since I do this every day in the morning and I calm things, also meditation, I try to include meditation as well. And uh, it just gave me so much throughout the whole day. I, I, I want to switch gears only because I know it's evening time there and I don't want to take up your evening or too much of it. Um, but don't worry, don't. I'm really interested in your like, maybe I don't, I want to say creative process, but I, 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 I guess it could be multiple answers. So maybe creative approaches when you're preparing something that you're going to, you're going to perform solo, where does that kind of begin and how do you kind of investigate and research and start kind of like putting things together or maybe if there's a lot of different things, like what are some of the things you've played with recently in terms of like starting to, de to, to develop something? Yeah, so actually it's funny that you asked me this because I'm planning a solo to perform also this autumn. And I did a solo six years ago and I was performing it in Costa Rica and also in here in Germany, in Greece, in different countries, in Italy. And that one, the solo I did six years ago, it started off a um, very personal situation that happened to me. And then I started to write poems because I was always, when I was a teenager and a child, I was writing a lot. And I was like, yes, I completely forgot about that, you know? And I started in that moment out of necessity, write poems, not because I wanted to create a solo, but because I needed to get my insights to the paper and write and communicate by that, but also more to myself. And then my friend said, yeah, let's, you come to Costa Rica with a solo. I was like, whoa, I don't have a solo. And I was like, thinking what can I do for me it always needs a if it's a solo especially it needs like a personal connection to the story if not you know I cannot start from an abstract movement idea I really need like this connection I was like okay this thing happened to me then I have these poems I would like to take as a starting point and then I was like okay what could the the the, the main task behind my personal story the main story theme be and it's about uh dying and rebirth so the cycle of life and i came up with the idea of earth and then i was investigating which kind of earth can i put on my skin that is kind of like changing the structure of my skin and the feeling but at the same time also come off so i was like um buying here in the in the shops you can buy like this thing it's called like um oh, what is it like heil erde you know this earth you mix with with the water and you could put it on your face or even drink it it has like this internal benefit as well depending on which which one you know it's like earth it's like a mud you mix with water okay anyway i was buying a lot of that to put my whole body with this earth to dry it i was investigating i was drying the hair dry and it started to become like a reptile skin you know like it kind of like moved when I was moving, like almost like in a fragmented way. It was like really like almost like a desert on my skin. And it kind of helped me to feel like this movement. I wanted to express the story as well. And little by little throughout the research and throughout the piece of my solo, I also kind of like was like trying to 
so nice effect with the light as well. I didn't even know about that because often I couldn't rehearse with the, with the earth because the rehearsal space was like, no, no. After that, we have to clean for one hour. And I was like, okay, okay. So I was just like creating it by imagine what would the effect be and what I want to create, you know, like of this brushing off. And then later when I was performing it with the lights and everything, I saw the video, I was like, whoa, there's this, I come like out of this big, earth and like dust thing and I like I keep moving the dust around because my movement is very circular as soon as like off my my body it's on the floor and I use the circles and the spirals to keep moving the earth and to create patterns and it's a lot about the eight and about the circle in space and yes often like people took a, a picture after the performance of like the stage because there were so many incredible footsteps hand steps body steps you know everywhere and patterns and yes with that piece I was actually performing like uh, three years actually three years more or less wow. it's called the ripe and the ruin the ripe and the ruin like the LG song as well and I actually used the LG song also in the end and it's with video projection done by, done by my friend a Brazilian uh, video artist called Karen Chernison Projeto Solo and um this one is this uh, solo of this year is also with her in collaboration, but it's going to be video mapping. And as I always in general with a solo, I have to take something that really happened to me or happens to me, some personal connections. So I told you about this uh, injury I'm witnessing right now with this nerve system because I was working with this bungee and it kind of like really contracted too much my inner organs and my nerve system in the belly. So I was like, okay, it's a solo. And I want to kind of uh, see how other artists were connecting the pain or this difficult situation, the, the difficulties in their body, but also in their psychological health and channelizing, canalizing, sorry, into their work. And I was like reading a lot. I have some books here about Frida um, Kahlo or Vincent van Gogh or other artists who were like really taking these autobiographic uh, ideas into their paintings. And I don't know, I, it just went completely with me, sadly, about the idea of the paintings. And it was like reading what, about the paintings, getting the diary of Frida Kahlo and like seeing like what she was writing, how she was kind of planning through her experiences and through her thoughts and emotions, her, her paintings. And so I'm, I talked also very intuitively. I saw um, or I heard a musician playing here at one of the parks in Berlin. I was like, wow, this really fits with my sensation of my solo. It's something really minimal. It's like a musical saw. I don't know if you saw this thing. It's like a saw, but he plays it as a violin. Oh yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, so we're still talking if it's gonna work out with the, with, with the solo, like so he would be the musician on stage with me and me, the dancer. And then I also found the painter who would love to do the paintings and the way the painter is dealing with the with the strokes, the brush strokes or the brush or the colors. And this is gonna be the video projection mixed with some effects and some stuff, and which will be uh, video mapping on me or through like frames, frames of images. So it's like a whole process still of like getting ideas, but I have now the team together and accumulating ideas. And then little by little, I'm starting with the movement and then from the movement with the video projection, the mapping, the music, the interaction. And so it's quite 
like a, a big project, not in the sense of like uh, too many people, too much money involved, but a big project for me because it's quite a process of starting from autobiographic situation. It's happening to me of seeing um, other people. That's why I also talked a lot with Leah about it, you know, because mm. it's like a super fascinating story and beautiful, strong woman. And I'm like, also, okay, what are the artists that are also known who have like an interesting background story to their artistic yeah, work that they have? How do they uh, channel their experiences into their work? And I was getting some ideas from there and which kind of artist would be helpful for me in this project to be a team together and to nurture this, this idea. So I'm still in the team, but I'm happy that the team is kind of together and just kind of always keep thinking about it, investigating and let it process. So the, the performance that you did for three years, um, is that because can we can could I watch that on online? Is it on YouTube or, or anything? Yes, I, I can send you the video. It's called The Ripened Ruin, and there's not the whole piece, but I have several trailers which are even like also eight minutes long. And you can also see the video projection. You can see the earth, what I told you about, and like yeah. it was it's kind of this animalistic movement. It's like coming for me, it was like this animal that raises from the ashes that develops that has like a certain process, but then also goes back to the earth. And then the cycle starts again. So it's like this constant rebirth. And actually inside the video I will send to you, there's also my voice that you hear. It's part of the poem, not all the poem you hear. And my friend, she recorded my voice saying it. And another artist, really beautiful singer from Switzerland is also uh, told me, yes, use my song because I said like, wow, I was listening to the song so much and and it really inspired me. So in the end, it kind of like brought me back to the moments when, when, when this personal situation happened to me. And she was like, yes, yes, just take it. And I remember I was in India recording it. I almost didn't have any voice. Should I send you a better recording? I was like, no, no, no. It's, I love this raspy voice. It really fits with what I, I kind of feel, you know, in that moment. So it's really, I will send you the videos. Um, from that solo the new one I cannot because it's completely in the making in the mm -hmm. thoughts in the concept and everything but of the other solo I send you definitely the video yeah so can... please do and and then when when will you be presenting the one that you're working on so definitely it's going to be presented in October in Italy but hopefully also in Innsbruck and also in Berlin so it's a solo that has like in general part of the funding is like it needs like free places where it's shown but then hopefully more and more places will come up you know because it's also nice to kind of share it it's just a bit more complicated with the technical side because it's video mapping so always have to be there earlier and check that the theater the venue the place has the possibilities maybe it will also be shown in a festival in portugal i'm still talking with them so yes it would be wow. lovely i'm very excited that i had like this creation of the solo six years ago and then so many years always doing duets and trio quartet quintet you know group pieces another duet and now i'm like okay it's maybe time again for the solo that's amazing um you mentioned like the funding and i know you said that like italy funded some of your work and and i know somebody like alluded to like that's one of the really wonderful things about somewhere like berlin is there's a lot of like funding for for art 
Is that, yeah. is that kind of what you're, where you're getting some of this as well, where you get a little bit yeah, of this support? So now I just got the notice on, on Friday that I applied with the shared levitation with the partnering platform that Alan and me created and to make a catalog, catalog, yes, an online catalog of like recordings and texts and interviews and exercises and games that we do. So I got like the support for that on Friday, they did tell, told me. So within the next months, I can get started with that, the shared levitation technique and philosophy catalog. And that's a funding from Germany. And that's the first one actually, because if not, I was always creating with the funding from North of Italy, it's called Südtirol, South Tyrol, and it's basically more the Amt für Deutsche Kultur for the German culture in Italy of the province South Tyrol. And the province as well, the region as well, you know, Trentino, Alto Adige, and like a Stiftung, it's like a, what is the Stiftung called in English? You know, like the banks have it often or like a big brands, they give part of their money to cultural projects. Okay. So I also have like part of the money from the Stiftung Südtiroler Sparkasse, it's a bank. So, and produced by uh, IDEA, which is the, the lady from Italy, Doris Blanco. And uh, that was until now my support to be creative, to be working with people, to be kind of continuing my ideas and my research. But of course, in Germany, there's a lot. But until now, I always felt and I keep feeling it. It's so much competition, especially in Berlin. There's so many artists who, who, who want the funding, who apply for the funding, who need the funding. And it's also an art of writing well, of you know, like being clear with your ideas, to have a CV that you, they want to support and all this. You know, so now I'm also getting into it. And I was like, for the German uh, funding and I was super happy that it worked out. Also my partner Alan, he gets a, got a funding um, with another thing called Distanzen. I applied yesterday night because today is the last day and he got it several months ago. It's also uh, for a piece of his with eight people but it's quite a lot of people involved in the dance piece. So yes, there's some opportunities and it's more about, it's nice because you kind of have to sit down as a choreographer and as a creator and write your thoughts in a good way and apply and like, you know, stand behind your ideas and see if they can motivate people on the other side who are actually reading, reading tons of applications. So it's also a good process for me to use this Corona time also to write a lot. I think I have been writing like so many applications lately, but it has been an important process. Also, not the moving part, you know, which normally we do moving, 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 moving. And now it's more also like sitting down, reading, writing, applying, exchanging ideas by talking about investigating. That's amazing. I, I, and I, I think it's so wonderful to hear that there's like, that there's that kind of support for the arts in that way out there. I mean, maybe there's stuff like that in the United States, but I don't know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't feel as, as if it's as accessible in that way. Now here it's really like it's either the parts of Berlin that give funding, then Berlin is the biggest funding, then Brandenburg, Berlin-Brandenburg, the whole like area of the north, then the whole Germany, you know. So then of course there's of course also the EU funding, but I didn't yet get into that one, you know, from the European Union. So in the end, you, I, that's my plan for later, you know, when the corona crisis is somehow over, I would love to get a producer because until now all the performances 
all the opportunities. I was always organizing the workshops, the classes, the performances, the tours. Ooh, and it's a lot of work, but at the same time, being behind the desk a lot, which I like, but there's one moment later, I would like to find a person who does it as well. I think it's nice that it stays personal until now, that it's always through me, you know, like the communication. But there's one moment I was like, okay, I should now get out of this chair. I was being, I was sitting in for like eight hours, like straight blah, 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 yeah. on a commu computer communicating because in the end we have to be in our body, you know, like we also want to be in our body and not only into the. Right. Like at this point you're, you wear so many hats. You're like a producer, you're a director, you're a choreographer, you're like an, you know, I don't know, an internet, an internet content producer. Then you're, you're like, you know, a performer, a practitioner, a teacher, and a partner. Like it's like all the different hats need to like be like, yeah. <laughs> but it's also good, right? It's kind of gives us the possibility to learn and grow and continue, continue being interested. And there's so much information out there. But then there's a moment I was like, okay, if this is over and the theaters will open again, I really would like to find a person who could just move my pieces and like, and see how it goes or the workshops, you know, yeah. and then I can concentrate more on doing the thing <laughs> right the thing that you really yes. do what um mm -hmm. i want to let you go in a moment but i are you're going to be teaching at b12 yes i'm going to teach two workshops so it's going to be the physical theater workshop and also the partnering workshop together with my partner alan the shared levitation partnering workshop mm -hmm. and i'm also part of the organization team so I'm gonna for sure be there as much as I can if I'm not going in and out of the festival to teach in different places as well, in different festivals. One in Cologne in Germany, one in Poland, oh, actually that's later. One in Italy, I'm also going to Italy with Alan doing the 12 festival. But if not for the whole month, I try to be there as much as I can, taking the workshop, workshops, being with the people, like uh, helping with the organization, Johannes and the Vangelos and also coordinating maybe some events that are happening and it's a really nice event as well i'm looking forward to it well, ah is, is it is it definitely happening is there a chance that things with restrictions with coronavirus could happen or right yeah. now it's like it's happening we're working on that exactly you never know you know if like sadly it goes completely crazy and then i don't know the politicians are just deciding crazy things but right now we're going, we're planning their inscriptions, we're planning everything and, and it's happening. So we're also like talking, what, what can we do, what we can bring to the table already now. And it's happening from the beginning of July until like the 2nd of August. So I just cross my fingers that the direction goes well, you know, that people can travel as well and can enjoy with the restrictions. Of course, less people in a room, more with distance. We still have to see what's happening to the partnering workshops. But maybe, you know, until that moment, it's going to be freer or we really have people to come with their actual dance partner or life partner or flatmate. So there's no trouble. They can already touch and hang around, you know. So we will see because this option I was also talking with the direction. So we have to take it step by step. But for now, we're planning. It's happening. Like we're putting the information out there and we're super happy that people are signing up and joining. I've, I've seen a lot of the information um, and I have this very hopeful scenario where I can be in Berlin for this event um, because it's, it be sounds lovely. incredible, but I have no idea where the U people from the U S are going to be allowed to go and when, and all the things. But if the stars align, my dream is to be there for the entire month for that. Oh my God. 
really so cool and then we will meet and hug exactly <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hug that yes, is the dream that would be so and keep chatting and keep chatting and moving and dancing experiencing right yeah yeah what um so aside from b12 if anyone wants to contact you or 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 be a part of the things that you're doing what, what's the way to do it I mean, uh, I have social media, so on Instagram, on Facebook, if there's any suggestion, comments, questions, I would be super happy. You know, it's always my name, Marion Spava, and I'm super open for it. I'm, and I'm super happy that we're like in touch and you open this window of like just communication, uh, a flow of energy and a flow of information. It's great. And yes, please. Please, you and people and me, myself, we don't hesitate to contact each other, to ask for whatever or to tell each other things, whatever curiosities we have in our head and what comes up maybe within the next days, months, weeks, years. And to be in touch, it's the most important. Well, I'm looking forward to, if not at B12, sometime in the near future, we meet in person. And we want to come back to Colorado to... Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, and then if you make it to Colorado, then we definitely have to make the pilgrimage to Los Angeles and I will take you to my old vaudeville teacher if he's still there. Yes. Actually, we were also in LA and it was planned to come back to the Diablo company, you know, to teach the company. We already did it and it was an amazing experience. So we're planning when the Corona situation is going down that we come back to teach this, this amazing group of people. So well, there are will, some plans there. Then, I, then I, I will plan to be there then. Yes. I'm so sure the stars will align. We don't know when yet, but let's just hope for the best. And until then, connect like through this interview and through, through the talks that we have and keep inspiring each other. I love it. Well, you and I will keep chatting. Thank you so much, Marion. This was uh, really, really special. Thank you so much, Kyle. I'm so happy that we're in touch. <laughs>